four ordinary guys with extraordinary ideas for Disney parks. This is Main Street Musings. The experimental podcast of tomorrow. That's right. Welcome back to Main Street Musings, the experimental podcast of tomorrow. With us today, we have long and slender and spotted like a giraffe, Tanner. Hey there. We have muscular and horned like a rhinoceros, Jake. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And we have awkward looking and some people think extinct, Brock. They're they're correct. I'm Dex, <laughs> at least on the inside. That's right, I'm Eric. Welcome to Main Street Musings. Today, a very exciting episode, going back to our roots, something that we all love talking about. Probably our most uh, overall discussed ride type, but we're focusing in on a on a, a very specific kind today. We are doing dark rides specific to the Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I don't think Animal Kingdom has a dark ride, does it? Well, they'll they'll have four after today. <laughs> All Do right, they cool. not? Well, no, not I think a, I, I don't like think so. traditional. Just I think uh, that's the whoa. reason we we put this on the list. Like dinosaur is a dark ride. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's more in the macabre sense of the word. <laughs> and the lighting is pretty poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know dark rides are my favorite. I'm excited about this. Yeah, no, dark rides are awesome. The Avatar River Navi River Journey is dark ride ish as yeah. well. But okay, yeah, really I can a... see that. So really, have, they have like two, ish. Yeah, I the last time I was at Animal Kingdom, it was the safari, and then it was like literally nothing else. So <laughs> I have <laughs> very little knowledge of what's going on there, um, but I, uh, I I understand they are in need of some help, and that is that is why we exist. Yeah. To, to help to help Disney parks. <laughs> to help Disney yes. get their <laughs> I believe together. that is our mission statement is make Disney parks profitable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because we know they've been struggling yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> we are actually the reason they could fire all those imagineers because now they just listen they just to listen our to ideas. Yeah, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Here's my next great labor. idea. We're gonna take a big toilet plunger and we're gonna pull Bob Chapek's head out of his ass. <laughs> Hey, just like the unpaid interns that nobody listens to. It's fine. Right. <laughs> I mean, people listen to us. Uh, speaking of people listening to us, you still have a little more time, like a week, a week, yeah. I think, uh, to get in some questions for our 50th episode Q&A spectacular. Yeah. Um, We've gotten a fair amount of submissions. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of those that have submitted those. Uh, you can submit those via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever is more comfortable to you, to any one of the four of us or to the main page. Yeah, uh, We're really looking forward to it. Uh, it's a, it'll be a good time. This, uh, to reflect 50 episodes, particularly in just over a year, is something to be very proud of. Yeah, And all of you listening out there, um, thank you for the support over the last year. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. 
I can uh, so <laughs> Especially all of you who have listened to more episodes than our girlfriends slash wife <laughs> yeah. combined. Which, is, Which I think fair, is pretty much every most. other listener. Yeah. Yeah. A- all, Abby all was super of proud them. of herself. Yesterday she listened to two whole episodes. And, you know, congratulations. Sure, it was episodes episode? 20 and 21, yeah. but, you know. Hey, she's catching up. Almost yeah. halfway there. We're good. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, should we dive right into this? I think so. I think uh, I think I'm I'm ready. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm ready. I can be ready. Let's go, Brock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I couldn't hear you, and your <laughs> face was very apathetic. Yeah, we I already established that I'm dead inside. <laughs> yeah. and I saw him just be like, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Fine, let's go. Yeah, that's that's where uh, so I'm at. So you know what? You get to go first, according to this dice that I just rolled. That's so weird. Hey, wow. Well, <laughs> cool. It's how crazy how the dice is so karmic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my ride. Uh, I'm going to look at something that has not been terribly well represented in the animal kingdom uh that is an important part of you know the actual animal kingdom uh and i want to examine uh you know the cold weather creatures i want to do a dark ride uh based on an antarctic expedition hmm. um so what i'm thinking is we queue on what looks like one of those old exploratory ships we um board ride vehicles that look like you know sleds and we, you know, explore the Arctic. I think we could use some of those excellent Disney safari tricks uh, to make it so we're seeing animals of the Arctic, but we can actually make them real. We can use real penguins, real seals, and different enclosures that look like we're right up close next to them. I'm taking a little bit of inspiration, as we often do on this podcast, from Detroit, Michigan. Um, the Detroit <laughs> Zoo Penguinarium, uh, their, their most recent one, is frankly incredible and using that sort of template in a disney ride um and with what disney could do i think would be amazing uh so it would be a fun educational ride uh you know at different points you would see different wonders of the antarctic i would like to see the southern lights at one point um and yeah i think there's a lot we could do there that would be really cool and i'd like to talk about that more in depth later cool i think we can agree that the word penguinarium um, <laughs> is just like a top five all-time word it's a great word yeah it's, and especially like given the context of what it is because it's just like a thing full of penguins and penguins are awesome they are who doesn't love a penguin all right i don't people who are incorrect jake you're up next <laughs> That wasn't like a segue, like, I love penguins. Like, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Nor am I trying to imply that Jake is incorrect or okay. hates penguins. Yeah, I, I, penguins are, I just, are amazing. Yeah. Pacing is important. I wanted to keep it rolling. Yeah, okay. No, I gotcha. All right, so my idea, of course, I was thinking animals, dark ride, hand, what goes hand in hand with that would be a dark ride that explores the nocturnal world. There's a whole world out there where we go to sleep <laughs> Dark, that right. becomes, thank you, that becomes exciting uh, as all these animals who sleep during the day awaken at night. Um, and this includes some of our favorite animals like um, bats, coyotes, hermit crabs, raccoons, owls. Um, I could just sit here and list nocturnal animals for the rest of my pitch, but <laughs> I'm going to save us from that. Uh, my thought would be it would is that 
it would be similar to the safari experience, uh, but it would be indoor so that that would allow it to be dark and we could focus on each of these animals, maybe make it look like we're actually going into their enclosure. So when we visit the bats, for example, maybe we actually go through a cavern or a cave where the bats would be. Whereas we're looking for owls, maybe it looks like we're in the woods, something like that, and it would change as we go. That's my basic pitch, the Nocturnal World Dark Ride. Cool. I like it. Uh, I'll go on next. Great. Um, So my pitch actually involves everybody's favorite society of explorers and adventurers. Uh, This is my first, I think, sea pitch ever. Nice. Uh, Proud of yeah. you. One yeah. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Google gobble. Google gobble. Google gobble. One uh, of us. <laughs> so the, part of the reason why I landed on sea is because I wanted to explore the sea. And so I thought sea explores the sea might be kind of like a fun way to tie those things together. Nice. Uh, the I don't main get it. Cons- Later, when you're older. Uh, The main conceit of this ride, uh, like, functionally, uh, is that, like, it's uh, sort of like one of those diving circles, like the things that they take to go to the bottom of the ocean, right? Um, And I want to, to use lighting and projections within it, um and tunnels and stuff like that to actually like sometimes submerge the vehicle underneath water to give like some, uh, some feeling that we're surrounded by like the ocean itself and then use, you know, lighting tricks and magic to the vehicle itself comes out of water, but it looks like we are now surrounded by the ocean. Right. That's really Um, cool. Yeah, so I so we'll go. We'll see some sea creatures. Um, one of the things that I want to have happen is like a little adventure sequence where it looks like the uh, the pod itself has sort of maybe malfunctioned a little bit, and we drop ourselves all the way down into the Marianas Trench, uh, and we can like see giant squids and a lot of the bioluminescent animals that are down there um, while we. Uh, our our harried British sea uh, fellow who's along the ride fixes the boat and we come back up. Um, so that is the the basics of my pitch. Sea sea visits the sea in this cool submersible uh, ride vehicle. Awesome. <laughs> All Very right. cool. Thank you. Uh, last up, we have Mr. Tanner Costin. All right. So, fun fact for our listeners at home. Uh, Tanner, during his college days, had a brief stint in something called the Bee Club, uh, where we kept bees. That is relevant to my pitch today because I am pitching a ride in which we are shrunk down to the size of bees for a dark ride where we travel inside the hive. And with the help of a narrator, we learn about all the different roles that bees can play, the excitement of seeing the queen bee herself, Uh, We watch as bees take turns cleaning throughout the hive and doing things like nurse bees taking care of sick bees and banning them from the hive when uh, they're too (laughs) sick and pose risk to the entire uh, population. And also big, big, giant, scary bee guards protecting the hive and uh, the bees that come and take and splash water, I think, is going to would be a fun 
moment when the hive yeah. is too dry uh, yeah. as they bring their water droplets that would feel giant to us uh, in there. So basically, yeah, we're going to be exploring uh, all of the different roles that bees have inside of a hive to make that tiny ecosystem function properly. All right, cool. Fun yeah. fact, I directed a show a couple of years ago called Constellations, which is sort of more about multiverse theory than it is about bees. But uh, the the playwright listed specifically the plight of the bee as part of the reason he wrote the show. And the main character goes on like a like a monologue about like the roles of all the bees while he's proposing to this girl. And it's just really funny to me. Anyways, oh. save the bees. Another yes. fun fact uh, is I also was a part of that bee club. I joined uh, and my first meeting was the bee club's last meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Brock is notorious for killing clubs. on I, yes. <laughs> That's like the time me and him tried to join a uh, Quidditch. Right. Yeah. We both signed up for Quidditch and they were like, nah, we're good now. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. done. <laughs> Packing it in. Long story short, Brock and I were very cool in college. <laughs> yeah. I would have paid very good money to see Brock running around with a broomstick. <laughs> I'd pay good money just to see Brock try to run around, period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It is time for questions and also answers. I have a question for Tanner. Yes. So Tanner, you mentioned the bees um, banishing people who were, or not people, bees who were too sick from the hive. That's a thing that bees actually do, correct? Yes. Uh, nurse bees uh, try to heal bees, but if there's an illness that uh, is uh, threatening the entire hive, they will remove a sick bee from the hive to prevent it from getting ill, which I That's feel really like could smart. be a heartbreaking scene in our dark yeah. ride, which we need more emotions on. I, I think, uh, too, that it's especially important uh, in this day and age uh, in the world for people to see a scene like that. I mean, what are your yeah. feelings? Do you think there's any connections there? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think in our escapist uh, theme parks, I think we need more reminders of real-world illness. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then you flash a sign that say, even f***ing bees quarantine, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for visiting our theme park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you see like a bunch of bees jabbing like vaccines into the bee that has been taken off to the side. Just be like, please get vaccinated. This just becomes like an art film. <laughs> Can the card bees actually grab unvaccinated people from the ride and throw them yes. out? <laughs> yes. And say, you can't get our hive sick. Get the hell out of here. We're really drawing a line in the sand on this episode, and, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> I mean, okay. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you for answering that. Yes. All, of ever so important question. <laughs> uh, um, I have a question for Jake. Yeah. Is your ride to have does your ride to have real animals also? So that's tough because I would love for it to have real animals, but then there's the whole thing of would they actually be awake during the ride? You know? Yeah. So I mean they have nocturnal animals in zoos and you can actually see them. They just are usually sleeping when you go by. So Yeah, that was my concern. In keeping with the spirit of Animal Kingdom, I think I would like to have 
real animals. But maybe if there was any important show scenes, we would have to throw in an animatronic or two, similar to how they used to have the animatronic elephants on the safari ride. Everybody's favorite plot point, the dead mother elephant. I am not proposing any dead animals in this ride, but, you know. Coward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys about the time I sounded like a complete idiot on the safari because I hadn't been to Disney since I was a kid and that was all I remembered from it was the dead mother elephant. Oh yeah. And I was like <laughs> I loudly announced as I got on the bus, I was like, Oh geez, I hope there are no poachers on this <laughs> safari. And then, and there, then were. there weren't any. <laughs> <laughs> and no dead baby elephant mothers. <laughs> Your wish came true. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you start doing that for other rides, Tanner? <laughs> um, I have a question for Tanner, actually two. One, it's kind of a follow-up to your question. Will you have real human-sized bees on your ride? Uh, if the science allows it, yes. But I feel like that, much like Jurassic Park, would be the scientists thinking if they could do something and not if they should. So right. I think we're going to go with animatronics, at least okay. to begin. And then my follow-up question is, exactly how sticky will the ride vehicles be? Mm. <laughs> they physically will not be sticky because I'm picturing us riding on, like, bees. Uh, the oh. rest of the ride will look very sticky. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, I have a question for Eric. Yeah. Your idea sounds amazing, but I was a little confused because you were talking about the effects of going underwater. Are we actually going underwater, or is it more like Pirates of the Caribbean, Shanghai, where it's just projection mapping that looks it makes it look like you're going underwater? See, I want I want to go underwater, but I understand that the ability to tell the story gets constricted a little bit if you're actually fully underwater. Um, But the idea would be, like, the beginning of the ride is you get in this pod and you go underwater. And, like, the track then takes you submersed and then either through, like, open windows you see on the sides and stuff like that. And then eventually, as we move on in order to facilitate better storytelling you the idea would be that you wouldn't even notice that the vehicle is going out of water okay you like um but like so so you can get like more open space to to tell the story that you're trying to tell if that makes sense I well, think that's, so. that to me sounds a lot like the uh the 20,000 leagues ride that I think is in Tokyo yep. um like, you could use that technology. So what they do is essentially the windows are um, on the submarine are two sheets of glass. In between them are is water that the bubbles come up through. So while you're on the ride and you're looking out the windows, it looks like you're underwater. And I think that would be a pretty elegant solution to that. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely want the, the visceral feel of dropping underwater at first, even if you're not there for super long. Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I kind of want the, like the, as you're entering into the space, you can just see there's literally nothing around you except the ride operator and like this tank that is the ride vehicle. And then it drops into a pool of water and then you're into the dark ride. Um, so, yeah. nice. so we, we can that's figure cool. out exactly like 
how that could work. Or we can live in imagination land and have the whole thing be underwater because that would be fun. <laughs> no. No, because that's why they closed the 20,000 leagues in Disneyland. So my imagination can't let me imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the or blue sky World. attitude, guys? <laughs> the 20,000 leagues ride they closed was in Disney World. Yeah, I just corrected it. Oh, they changed sorry. it in Disneyland to uh, Nemo. Yeah, Nemo. There's a Nemo fun uh, one day, one day at Disney short about uh, the guy who like maintains that scuba diving in those rides. Yeah, I saw That's that. Super Very fun. Cool. Yeah. Disney Plus send us money. <laughs> um, I have a question for Jake. Yeah. Um. So you're focusing on nocturnal animals. Are these going to be, is it going to be geographically specific to a region or is it, <coughs> sorry. I is don't it think be... it's going to be that. No, I wasn't <laughs> planning on that. Is it going to be geographically specific to a region or is it going to be just any nocturnal animals and we're kind of I th- jumping I think the globe? any nocturnal animal would be fun. Maybe you could, we could move through regionally as we went. Um, we could kind of shift regions throughout the ride because um, there's a lot of really cool ones. I just quickly wrote down some of my favorites that I thought would be fun to see. So I'll just quickly say um, bats, coyotes, hermit crabs, raccoons, fireflies, owls, possums, porcupine, fox, sugar glider, jaguar, hyena, kinkajou, pangolin, ocelot, and an eye eye. Um, and those are all from all over the place. But I think that they could be fun for people to look at um, and see what their habitats look like and maybe learn a bit about them as they go. I don't know if this would particularly be like a story-driven experience or if it would be more like Spaceship Earth where there's a narrator. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think it could be neat either way. Uh, so, but to answer your question, no, I don't think I would limit it, limit it to one region, um, but I think you could move through regions as as the ride progressed. All right, cool. Unfortunately, because they're one of my favorite animals, unfortunately, uh, I don't think we could have actual pangolins because they would rip the rides to shreds. Well, yes, I, uh, I know So that. those would be animatronics, but I love that idea. <laughs> so, Brock, I had a question for you. Your Arctic animals, you specifically want to focus on the South Pole. Is that what you said? Um... Well, I it would be fun to do both. It depends on how story-based we want to get. Because um, mm-hmm. if we're trying to really hammer it down like this is one place, it would have to just be Antarctica because I want penguins. Right. Um, but if we'd be okay with doing just kind of cold weather in general, I would also be happy to include the Arctic and polar bears and uh, that sort of fauna. Yeah, fauna. Okay. I get those so two yeah, pictures. that would be kind of like polar bears, seals. Maybe we could even we could even get some orca whales into a Disney theme park. I think that would go over really well. What do you guys? Think? Yeah, because yeah. everyone's super happy about them being at Sea Sea World. So, <laughs> oh man. Okay, cool. Sick, sick, gnarly. I think. Uh, are there any other questions and or answers that need to be? Uh, prepared? Anybody feel like they need to expound on anything? No, I'm good. I am also looking currently at gifts of pangolins because they came up and I love them. (laughs) It's good to know you're invested in the podcast, Brock. Hey, I'm doing research for Jake. (laughs) 
Excuse me. All right. Well, then, it's time to vote. Uh, looks like it's going to be me first voting. Whew. Tough. Tough, 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 tough. I like all of them. I think they all fit, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think they, uh, you know, we don't have any of the problems we've run into before with somebody has a great idea, but it's just not necessarily the place for it. Um, Good job, everyone, for making the rides about animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one was a little harder to miss than, <laughs> right. than, than others. Uh, I am going to go with Antarctica. I am intrigued by the our ability to play with the the auroras and stuff like that as uh, uh, visual storytelling, and I think there's a lot to explore there. Uh, depending, you know, you know, on how deep we want to go with climate change, we'll talk about that if it wins. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to look at there. Um, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about all three, but that's where I'm going to go. Uh, Brock, you're up next. Um, thank you. I love them all. Uh, but the one that's intriguing me the most at the moment is Tanner's Beehive. That sounds like it could be really cool. So that, so that's what I'm voting for. Cool. Thanks. I am going to bring it to Eric, uh, by voting for the Marianas Trench idea. Uh, going underwater, it, it seems like a very fun ride where we can combine education with a lot of thrills pretty easily, which is something I'm in, always intrigued about. Cool. Appreciate it. Jake? Oh, man. So I'm the tiebreaker, and I didn't get any votes. That's all. That just means you get to be feeling. the kingmaker. Yeah, Welcome to my true. life, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, these are all really good ideas. This is really tough. Uh, so I think um, based on the fact that I have also been in the Penguinarium at the Detroit Zoo, which is an awesome place, and I have always said that it would be cool to Disney-fy it into a ride of some sort, I think I'm going to have to vote for the Antarctica pitch. Nice. Congratulations, right. Brock. Congratulations, Brock. Thank you. Cool. So how do you guys want to start this? So in the Penguinarium in Detroit, we should just quickly say for any listeners out there who have not been, they just recently redid it. Uh, recently, was in, within the last 10 years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's like the, at the time, it, I don't know now, I think it still is. It was the largest and most technologically advanced penguin house in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that actually has fake snow. Um which is inside for the penguins and then even for the visitors it sometimes snows like when you're going down the stairwell which is pretty cool they have lighting effects they have projection mapping in the building to make it look like you're on an arctic ship um it's really neat they use projection onto the glass that the penguins are in to make it look like the signs are floating with the penguins um there's a lot of really cool things uh which you would normally see at a disney park um so i think it's just a really neat place what I like the most about it, and I know this does kind of stretch <laughs> the definition of a dark ride, um, but pretty much every penguin exhibit I've been in, including the old Detroit Zoo one, 
is kind of in this dingy little building. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little bit dark. Uh, There's not great lighting. Um, But with this new penguin exhibit at the Detroit Zoo, they opened up the ceiling, so now it's all uh, skylighting. And so it's natural lighting, so the penguins, you know, aren't living their lives in the dark. And I think that would be something that I'd really like to include um, for for the ride. For the penguins, it feels like the most humane way to do it. And also, having natural bright sunlight is going to, it's always going to look amazing to highlight some beautiful architecture. Well, Eric, looks like you congratulated us all on staying on topic a little too early. <laughs> There's nothing well, dark about well, this I, dark ride. That I was thinking that the riders could be in the dark and the penguins yeah. could be in, in the light. Exactly. And I think specifically we aren't going to consistently always be in that room with the real penguins. I was going like, to say, I was hoping the Arctic ride covered more than just the penguin room. Exactly. That's going to be, <laughs> I would like to have that be one large room that we kind of explore the outskirts of and get to look into. Okay. Um, but there are going to be lots of other rooms. I, again, like the Southern Lights I'd like to see. I'd like to see other animals as well. You want to make the orca whales live in the dark? <laughs> orca whales i think would be are they actually so i guess this is a good way to good transition are would we like to focus on just antarctica or also perhaps the arctic i mean it might be interesting to just focus on cold weather animals full stop yeah I mean, you could just call it the Arctic Expedition, and that gives us a lot more leeway to cover stuff like Greenland, both poles, um, you know, things like that. Discuss the plight of the polar bear, despite them being assholes. They are assholes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, talking about... The, the Arctic in general, I think, is a little more interesting. It also gives us a lot more to talk about. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know how much we want to talk about glacial melting, but we should. Uh, it could be something that we touched upon as we ride the wave of a melting glacier in our uh, cool <laughs> boat. Um, yeah, so I, I think, especially if we do bring the North Pole into it, uh, maybe we call it, like journey to the poles or something um and there's just a pole a bunch of polish yeah. people inside <laughs> um, and then you get like that. an i voted sticker at the end of it too <laughs> uh, the other poles <laughs> can we put a, a room of like stripper poles yes that might get a <laughs> lot of people that's where i was right. going to jake they're yeah, polish the strippers to the poles. <laughs> polish strippers who voted today <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, that, that would be something cool. I think, you know, bigger animals like your elephant seals, your orca whales, those that might not be the best to keep in captivity, hint, hint, sea world, uh, we could do with projection mapping and animatronics. It might be neat. So uh, bear with me here. The old club cool in Disney world, if I'm remembering correctly, you used to have to walk through like a glacial hallway, right? That was actual ice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that and now was they awesome. got rid of that, which is, I don't understand why, I guess in the days of COVID, whatever. There's also what one of those at the Detroit Zoo. <laughs> there is, yes. Um, but it might be cool if a section of the ride, you went through that, you rode through the ice walls and ice, like an ice cave or whatever. And then in that section of the ride, we could actually project onto the ice. And that's when we could talk about 
glaciers, maybe show footage of them melting or whatever. And that could also be a cool way to do you incorporate projection mapping of orcas or whatever. We could project them right onto the ice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's sick. Honestly, that's super cool. And that is fitting with the theming of Animal Kingdom isn't just look at cool animals. It is about the conservation right, absolutely. Uh, yeah. aspect of them specifically. Yeah, I do keep so I think we do want to touch on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that could be very important, uh, especially if we get to bring the Arctic into it, because that is where it is happening, yeah, I think, even more that, than that the Antarctic. Greenland glacier that is... Uh, particularly worrisome so bringing attention to that i think is cool and in like Uh a visually stunning way right so that even if people are like i don't like learning at disney they can be like (laughs) that was cool as fuck so yeah exactly (laughs) so brock um this is kind of something i had mentioned that i wasn't sure if i want to do for my ride or not and i'm wondering if it applies to your ride would this be story driven we experience it as we go or are you thinking there might be a narration like on spaceship earth or um, i think this is gonna be narration i i don't i don't know of a story that does this justice um I feel like any story takes away from it, and if we're seeing right. actual animals on a ride and experiencing, you know, much like the um, the safari ride, um, they had a story, and it turned out they really didn't need it. Right. Um, so they got rid of it, and I think that's what any that's probably what would end up happening if we did put a story on this ride. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'd be um, cool to uh, incorporate not like story. But, like, just to, to spice things up a little bit, like, where we see the orca whales and we design the vehicle in such a way that we can feel them bump into us and stuff like that. Just, like, some oh, kinetic cool. moments to, to keep things, you know. To have some interaction together. in there. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I think don't like remove us from the area. I just don't think we need, like, a overarching uh overarching we're gonna go and we're gonna study this specific we have to find this penguin that's lost (laughs) yeah but if we like encounter a waterfall we can do like a quick little dip down right yeah like stuff like that to just to keep the ride from just being like a a boat tour yeah instead of it's it's not just living with the land yeah right um so in that we've talked about the the vehicle a bit. Let's talk about it again. In my original pitch, it was a sled, um, but it's we've been talking about boats a lot, and I'm not convinced either way. What do you guys think would be best? Because Eric Eric is right. There is a lot of you know aquatic water based elements to the to these animals. This so I think this vocation. is a great time to bring back some ideas we've had for amphibious uh, uh, vehicle designs because there is sliding along i feel like the kinetic idea of sliding along the ice along with being in the water experiencing alongside like the whales in the the porpoise or whatever they're uh, the the plural noun of that is i think they both have a lot of merit and should be um examined and and should do both so like a sled that can go into water makes sense to me that's yeah, fun. I, I agree because I, like I like I 
at first I was thinking just a boat, but I really like having the ability to slide on the ice. Like Eric had mentioned, if we could make it feel like the, the car was actually slightly losing control, not enough to make you feel worried, but enough that like, oh yeah, we're, we're kind of slipping and sliding. And I think yeah. there could be some cool moments where maybe we're sliding along the ice with penguins on either side of us into the cool. water. And then we could even yeah. incorporate... Um, Again, at the Detroit Zoo in the polar bear exhibit, they have one of those underwater glass tunnels, so you can walk through and see the polar bear swimming alongside you. If we did a glass tunnel like that, we could be going through as if we were underwater and see the penguins shooting along next to us, how they shoot like little like rockets through the water, and it could be neat to see it almost from their point of view as they went. Yeah. I think the most story we could do would honestly, I think, be related to the the ride vehicle more than anything. I personally think yeah, it'd be fun right. if it was just like sea branded Society of Explorers and Adventures, and maybe the ship you're on at the beginning is. But I don't know that we need to actually like get into the oh and welcome to our expedition. <laughs> right, right. I, I agree. Yeah, but I, I think a vehicle that can traverse both, right? Yes. And yeah. even make it feel like we're going underwater, like Jake is saying with the tunnels and stuff, I think is, is super cool. Uh, so what were we saying, like, maybe six people to that sled, three rows of two? Yeah, that works for me. Like a slightly ascending kind of... Almost yeah. theater seating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's fun. Tanner, what do you think? I, I really like that a lot, I think. We want to go with the amphibious vehicle. I think playing with all of the different angles of getting whatever the coolest shot of each of these different yeah. aspects is, is what we want to do. Yeah. So I think like we can start from, uh, we can start from Antarctica, which is the most populated by humans of these groups. Maybe at like one of these research stations, it could be owned by sea. It could be a Disney thing. And Mickey could be, like operating some things here and there. I don't know. You know, Animal Kingdom doesn't really touch uh, traditional Disney IP as much as other places do. Right. But it could be a fun a fun way to get, like, Donald and Mickey into giant snowsuits in the Arctic to, like, lead us onto this thing. And we take that, slide across the ice, dive into the ocean, and then from the ocean, it like, we come up in Greenland because who cares? Well, that's fun. And I think... Uh I don't know that it personally needs to be Donald and Mickey, but I do think that'd be cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I would like, I do think narration would be nice uh, because especially the narrator can, we're leaping across the globe uh, and we're making quite a big uh, suspension of disbelief and we're making a few jumps in logic. So the narrator could guide us through that. Like, I, and I think that would be an easy way to do it. We could kind of start with the southern lights and move to the northern lights. Like, that would be the start and end of our journey, or maybe vice versa, yeah. I think would also be fun. Yeah. Um, and we kind of go through, like, the course of a day. We jump through these different poles. We, we explore the entire Earth. Right. And then we get to Siberia, where they, like, keep all the Russian prisoners. It'll be great. Yeah, we, we yeah, see the gulags. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, Pete will be there. Pete is being kept in Siberia. <laughs> you mean Peg Leg Pete? That Pete? Yeah. No, like the dog Pete, like the villain from... Yeah, Peg Leg Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He has a That's Peg Leg like 10% of the time. He sent him to Siberia. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> that is a story. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little beat in there. That's just, just a little Easter egg. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fun. That's very fun for the whole family. Um, so, uh, what kind of order do you guys think this ride should be, and what is their... Well, I agree with Eric, but maybe it should start in Antarctica um, at, like, one of the research facilities that's down there. And Disney did a pretty good job with Expedition Everest with making the queue line feel like you were actually, like, in a ex- not expedition area. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, like, you're in the Himalayas in a building. Yeah. You know, like a base camp? Getting- yeah, base camp. Thank you, Eric. That's what I was trying to say. It makes you feel like you're in a base camp. I think if we did a very realistic Arctic... Um, damn it, I'm losing my words today. Research station? Thank you. This research, would be a research station. station. As our queue line, I think that would... Um, I think that would be good for the queue line. Okay, so my, my question then is, uh, is it modern or is it some sort of period? Because uh, our Expedition Everest feels very early to mid uh, 20th century. I think this would be modern. Yeah, okay. I, I've been yeah, kind I of was, picturing modern, modern with our, especially with like the type of ride vehicle we're exploring and everything. It feels well, like. Expedition so, so, Everest, I think, is modern as well. It just feels old because they don't necessarily have all the Western technology. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, in, in the past. I was never keeping, like, sure. lots of relics and stuff in there. Yeah. 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 Like I was never fully sure with that, right? That makes sense. Um, so to make it accurate to mod, there's just a bunch of, like, unshaven nerds, like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Playing, playing video games. Yeah. And to, to tie into our last episode, we could stick Clint Howard in there somewhere and have yeah. him <laughs> sitting at a computer. <laughs> Clint Howard is the new patron saint of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i I think it would be fun whether or not there's actually cast members in there i I don't know if that's necessary i don't know Um, it was just an idea um i think penguins you know the penguin room being the like one place that we're like really interacting with live animals could probably be our tie-in start to finish too Mm-hmm. Like we're racing them out the gate, like we're like sliding along, and then we start to race them as they like belly flop, right? And then we dive into the ocean with them, and they do that cool thing that Jake was talking about in the tunnel, and mm-hmm. then that that tunnel is our entryway. You know, the ocean is vast and connective. It right. can take us to kind of wherever we want to go at that point. So yeah. then the next um, time, so after the tunnel, you're saying we would come up in a new location. Yeah, and okay, with the narrator cool. guiding us where we're going. Like, yeah, I really like, like that. Yeah, narrators are like, and as the penguins fall away as we leave Antarctica, and we come up on luscious Greenland and its beautiful glaciers, and we come yeah. up out of the water and then start doing the ice thing again on the glaciers as we talk about that, and we talk about orca whales, and then we have that ice thing where it melts away, and we're talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we move a little further north into the auroras and um, from the auroras back into the penguins guiding us to the southern auroras and then back into the station, right? Something like that. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, no, that uh, that sounds pretty incredible. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Normally I do a recap, but I think we... I think we just did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So I think the one thing we missed is we exit through the gift shop. Mm -hmm. And then that's the ride, guys. I think think this is super cool. Yeah, Yeah. I like it a lot. 
And I think it definitely would add to Animal Kingdom. That That's a piece of the Animal Kingdom that's not really present. Yeah, and you know. also, I the the one thing I was thinking of this whole time is imagine the lines on something that is this air conditioned. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that earlier. This is every dad's favorite ride at Animal yeah. <laughs> It's mine, and I'm not even there. I, I cannot do the humidity. So I'll be riding this 20 times a day while you guys do other stuff. All right, cool. <laughs> it's a deal. So, Brock, how do you feel about your ride? I feel great. I'm really excited with how it ended up. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I think I'm this is, like, really one, of our, one of the best I, best flushed-out ideas we've had maybe ever. I think it's cool. Um, and it's a bummer that Disney's not going to do it. It is. F***ing Disney. Nah. Speaking of ideas that they'll never do, <laughs> I think it's time for the lightning round. All right, let's spin that wheel. Okay, today we are doing a restaurant. Can be any kind you want. Sit down, stand up, counter service, quick service. Lie down. Stand on your head. And this one is themed to the classic Pixar film, Up. We're doing a restaurant themed to Up. Who is going first? Me. Fuck. Okay, cool. Um, I guess we'll we'll jump into it. So recently on Facebook and other things, they've been uh, uh, advertising dining in the sky, which I think is like in Brussels or something. Yeah, I've seen um, that. And so we're going to take that and we're going to take our balloons up 200 feet in the air and lifted by hydraulics. And we are going to eat in the sky with uh, with our friends from the movie, and Kevin will be there, and Doug will be there, and it'll be really fancy serving, like, and that's my 30 seconds, so I have to stop. All right. <laughs> I do love this really fancy restaurant in the sky, and there's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's a dog and a giant bird. Uh, <laughs> Tanner, you're up <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a smaller scale stand uh, where Russell and the other wilderness explorers are getting their s'mores patches. So they will have a variety of different s'mores with different chocolates that we can get uh, that will all be delicious and people will be able to have in these beautiful parks. Yes, I know it's hot, but they also do hot cookies uh, (laughs) at some of the stands, so it's fine to have hot s'more things there too. All right, the end. Nice. I like it. A lot more accessible than mine. Uh, Jake. Okay. So mine is based on the dining scene in the movie. Uh, The bad guy, I think his name is Charles Muntz, when they're in his airship, which is like the spirit of adventure or whatever, has that really cool dining room with all of his artifacts that he has found. So we will be sitting at the big, long dining table where we will be eating the exotic foods that he has found uh, on his adventures. And um, maybe we'll be served by actual dogs that we've trained to serve us because that's what happens in the movie. Nice. <laughs> There's my pitch. I like it, Brock. That will be going up on the uh, pole as dog food. Right, right. <laughs> it wouldn't be a lightning round if I didn't go last. <laughs> 
All right, so my pitch is going to be uh, after um, Carl leaves his house upon a cliff in Paradise Falls, uh, some young entrepreneur comes by and turns it into a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be eating within Carl's house, but we're going to be looking out the windows at these beautiful views of Paradise Falls. Uh, There's going to be, you know, uh, wildlife of Paradise Falls that we see in the windows. And I think it's just a way to make a fun, exotic, yet super like down home restaurant nice nice uh you guys have no idea how close i was to pitching edible balloons as my idea (laughs) before i remembered that russell was a boy scout (laughs) outstanding yeah i the things the other things that flashed through my mind before i had to start were like Joining them at their last meal before she dies. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> Jeez. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> gotta highlight the most memorable part of the movie. Oh my god. Brock, take us out of here. <laughs> well, rest assured, all of these restaurants will have plenty of grape soda. Yes. Um. Oh. He's an emperor of our hearts. Here comes Tanner with our facebook instagram instagram Instagram. underscore street underscore musings did you say emperor because that's a type of penguin (laughs) he's a little blue penguin (laughs) it's jake why not in la that's a penguin (laughs) i was gonna give eric macaroni and then you complained so i thought i'd give you the most humiliating type of penguin the little (laughs) blue penguin (laughs) what's up is it (laughs) jesus Facebook.com slash Main Street Musings. Send us a message about what a f***ing moron Brock is. And here comes Mr. Macaroni himself. <laughs> Eric. With our Twitter. Stop using my bedroom name on the podcast, okay? <laughs> uh, that would be at MSM underscore podcast. Wait, is that your bedroom name or your safe word? <laughs> Macaroni! I, oh, trust me, if I'm yelling macaroni, there's nothing safe about what's going on. <laughs> and I'm Brock! <laughs> Everyone, make sure to give us a five-star review, rate us positively, tell your friends, and check out our Twitter for our lightning round polls. Why wasn't Eric the little blue penguin? Because he gives the handle for our Twitter, which has the little blue bird. Uh, well, shut up. Um, yeah. I was actually really confident about my penguin ideas, and then Jake started complaining, and I lost all of my ideas. So this is Jake's fault. Don't blame me because you're an idiot. You had already gotten my social media wrong before Jake said anything. Well, I was never confident about the social media. Via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, as just discussed. Thank you, Eric. 50th episode. Thank Thank you, you. Eric. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.